Do QR codes present a threat? And, of all things, AM radio. This is Mac Voices. Today's Mac Voices is supported by Mac Voices After Dark. Uncensored, off-topic, and always off the wall. Mac Voices After Dark is available as a benefit to our Patreon subscribers. Sign up at patreon.com slash macvoices. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, our rather heated discussion about QR codes continues in this edition as we take a look at whether or not they represent a threat vector you need to be concerned about. And then we wrap up with a short commentary on the state of, of all things AM radio. Let's go back and let the panel do the talking. Jeff, jump in there with that, because that that's another point I was going to make, but I'll let you do it. Uh, all right. The concise version. Can we really expect the average smartphone user to have the knowledge and awareness to to be able to recognize potential security threats? And and my take is no, we can't. This is something that that people like us maybe are monitoring all the time and and really looking. I mean, Andrew, yes, that yes, Andrew, you're the guy here that's really on top of all the, all this. And uh, and I watch a lot of this stuff because I'm writing about it for companies, but. I mean, the average person, they have no clue. And oh. uh, and to expect them to have that level of knowledge, I, I, I don't think that's practical or reasonable. Well, what level of knowledge? I mean, the, the, the phone has a feature. You can point it at a QR code, and it's in the operating system. This is a feature that Apple has decided. That's is not safe. what I'm talking about. What okay, I'm then talk- I don't understand. What, what are what are we? What, what I'm talking what- about is uh, what are the 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 threat vectors? What do people need to be aware of? What what should they be able to recognize as a, a potential security threat for their devices? And, uh, and I mean the the QR codes they're awesome because anyone can point their phone at a QR code and it's like okay, tap this and you've got an app. Boom, done. Um, but expecting the average user to be aware of the types of security threats that are out there, what they need to be watching for on a on a daily basis, no, we can't expect that of people. But we can try we can try to educate them, but I'm with you, Jeff. I I I mean, and that's why we're having the discussion, as is because if if you if the world were easy and simple and safe. Then you could point your phone at anything. You could click any link you want. You could enter any URL you want. But that's just not the world we well, live I, in, unfortunately. I, I, is there? I, 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 you know, I'm, I maybe, I, maybe I'm just totally clueless. I've never heard of an exploit via QR code, and it seems to me if there was one, that would be, you know, pretty highly publicized. Again, Andrew, I'm sure. Is there such a thing as an exploit that'll attack a phone through a QR code? Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> I've written so, about so that this. feature. So that feature should be turned off. Is there, is uh, I don't want it on my phone, period. How do I turn it off? Um, on iOS, I don't think you can. How but is that not a major is it story? In camera settings? I, I'm going to double check. Well, there's it, also the, it, the actually, it probably too. is in camera settings. 
But you just don't point your phone at a QR code, Jim. I mean, that's what it amounts to. Yeah. Um, um, Baloney, this is a camera you know, that... scan QR codes. You can turn it off right there. Okay. All right. But I mean, even, even if you couldn't turn it off, the way I see it is, it, yeah, you can be um, exploited through QR codes, but you can also do through emails. So I just think we're we're kind of like slowly advancing our tech to the point where there's we have these ever um, increasing levels of things we got to watch out for, like Jeff mentioned. Well, what you know, what is the exploit that you can do with a QR code? Um, I wrote about this a while ago, but it was these QR codes. I think it was in Texas, maybe, where people just scanned them on parking meters and they redirected them to this malicious phishing website where I think it was probably, you know, um, people entered their information into this pretend, probably banking website and they got their information stolen. Okay, I don't. That's not an exploit, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Um, I'm I'm saying, you know, so it takes them to a website, and then they have to do something stupid at that point. Sure, of course. I'm talking about you point it, you you say go for the QR code, and now your phone's hacked. That to me oh. is an exploit. Ex, ex, that's an exploit. Okay. Now right, that so, so that's a maliciously crafted of. website, and. Uh, right. And so what you need at that point is something that, um, okay, so like, let's say it's an Android device. No, no, it's got to be an iPhone. Okay, so there, so there's a, uh, a security flaw where you can do like a buffer overflow on an iPhone that we haven't discovered yet. And, uh, and so now you embed that into a maliciously crafted website. So when someone scans the QR code, it, it loads this URL that then causes the overflow that gives them access to, uh, to run arbitrary code on your device. Done. Well, I, you know what? I think I am willing to take the risk that a QR code on a parking meter in Podunk does not, you know, have that kind of attack in it. And, well, and, I, and I'm with you on that. I mean, yeah. I'm scanning QR codes in public all the time, and uh, and and I'm trusting that it's actually what it's supposed to be. Um, but my point was, there's so many potential security threats and vectors out there. How can we possibly expect the average person to have any level of awareness of that? People are just going to go and scan whatever, and uh, and that's it. But you just said you do that. I do that. Yes. <laughs> so, so, it doesn't mean it's a good idea. It just means he does I, it. But I, I think also it is have a, good, a level of awareness. I think it is a good idea. Well, you know, you, yeah, you're not going to, if it comes up with some website, you're not going to enter your social security number and, you know. Right. And I also look like at, the little, at the little URL preview that pops up on, on my screen yes. because I know what oh, that well, is. Yeah. And, right. Okay. Yeah. But like I if, forgot, uh, if there's. I forgot that it did that, but yeah. If there's a QR code that's just like taped on a pole uh, as I'm walking down the street, I'm not scanning the code. No, I probably wouldn't either, but yeah, okay, if I so- if I could wrap this up, I think I think Jim 
maybe the way this thing evolved, I think you were looking at very narrowly on what's unique to QR codes, but um, I, I think as the discussion has evolved, it, to summarize it, it's just QR codes are another attack vectors for bad guys to get stuff into your phone. Um, you know, one thing that's out there, you, you, it's I'm just sure we a all URL. get this. A it's, URL can be an attack vector. Right. Jim. That's but the exact no, attack vector. You know, so, yeah. yeah. But, you yeah. know, it's no different than a URL. Um, and, you know, other than exploits, um, you know, and, and somebody discovering an exploit like that, it's unlikely, you know, that that is going to be on a printed, you know, thing somewhere out in the world. That that's not going to be a very good way because the exploit's going to get figured out and uh, fixed. You know, again, you know, I, I before, don't know. I mean, before. you're making a lot of a, you're making a lot of assumptions. I'll make a lot of other assumptions that may be just as reasonable or unreasonable as yours. That somebody who finds this could go, oh, this is great, and he goes out and prints up the cue card. It goes in a downtown area like Sunnyvale, California, or Mountain View, California, Palo Alto, California fix these things on menus or on doors and, you know, all of a sudden it's out there. Because I've seen, you know, just talking about low tech, you know, sort of scanners and skimmers that steal, uh, you know, credit card information, you know, at, at ATMs, they pop up in the lowest, you know, some of the lowest, you know, most r very rural parts of California. So you can't make any assumption about where the bad guys are going to be attacking. But, but, but this started because yeah. Chuck said he would be reluctant to use an app clip because it involved a QR code. Yes, I I, I did, and, and you know that. But that's that's look. First of all, that may be my paranoia, but it's you have to recognize it's a potential attack vector. Okay, is it is what are the percentages? Just like an email that I'm going to receive in ten minutes from now, it has a link in it. Is that a potential attack vector? Yes. Is it possibly yeah. legitimate? You know, yes, it's it's possibly legitimate. In fact, depending on who it came from, it's probably legitimate. In fact, the odds are very high that it's legitimate. But if there's anything that looks just a little bit off, you know, or even if it doesn't look off, I mean, I've received recent emails from Apple, well, ostensibly from Apple, that, you know, click here for something that sounds pretty reasonable, except mm -hmm. that I'm a geek. Okay. And, and again, so it's, it's like not... This. Yeah, well, right. sorry, but but it's, but it's not zero just days. it's not just uh, it's just not web. I mean, you know, we get a lot of stuff you know through uh, text messages because there, guess what? It's easy to you know, <laughs> it's easy to find devices and you know and and send stuff out to it. Is you know, sorry, your your Amazon package is delayed. Click, click here, or you know, or your refund from Amazon, or pick this you know, your favorite store. You know, is is ready. Just click here to to finalize it. You know, guaranteed those things are all just bad actors trying to download a bunch of stuff to try to take advantage of an exploit on your phone. And, and you have uh, to, and you have to, you have to educate people. I think it was either last week or the week before that. While we were doing the show, I got a, a text saying that you know a check had been deposited to my account. Click here. Well, okay, if you're not thinking or if you're not savvy. You know, it's like I didn't deposit a check. What's this about? Click and now whatever's going to happen has happened on my phone. Yeah, yeah. Now whether to do and Jim, the other thing that you make a really good point though about what? How do you define a compromise? How do you define you know what what has happened to your phone? If it's something as relatively benign as sending me to a malicious website, 
then, okay, it's probably not as big a deal because hopefully I'll recognize that. If it's something deeper, well, then that's worse. So, but as far as I'm concerned, anything that that provides an opportunity for me to be stupid or or be tricked and give them access to my funds or my privacy or anything, that's something that needs to be thought about. Right. Well, and the solution to all these things is bit is what? The solution is behavioral. It's 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 partially technology and it's behavioral in terms of just making sure that you know we here on this panel as well as everybody else we know that we talk to, uh, if something comes if something comes in that you're not expecting, you, you know, trust no one, assume assume the worst. You know, and if it looks like it's from your bank or credit card, don't click on the link. You know, log into your account or or give them, you know, pick up the phone and give them a call. Or but I feel or, like so much of this is, is going. You know, we're talking about app clips and and QR codes, and zero days. They're hard to come by. They're expensive, and they're they're only useful for a time limited period. So somebody could find a zero day and they could send out a text or an email immediately to take advantage of it. But to weaponize that by putting it on a sticker somewhere, that just seems like, you know, really unlikely way that that would be weaponized. And again, you know, do you vet, do you use ATMs? You know, ATM, skimmers, and theft nope. is huge. Uh, nope. Billions and billions. Nope. I, tr- I try, I try, but, but my, my freaking bank, you know, just never can get, to, you know, can never well, get the things to go. So, you know, they're, 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 you know, it's very difficult to protect yourself against that if you ever use an ATM. And I saw a talk about that. You know, you, you can't tell if your ATM has a has a skimmer on it. Some, you know, that's also a problem at gas stations, skimmers at, at gas stations. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think a QR code to launch an app clip is a reasonable um, risk. I mean, maybe not if if it's like a handwritten sticker or something, but if you've got, you know, obviously a, you know, there's a one thing with here's the instructions and it's printed on a like little metal plate or something. And, you know, I, you know, I'm not going to have a problem with that. Yeah. But Jim, to take your example, and and we got to get move on from this because we're almost out of time anyway, but, you know, the skimmer thing, I mean, when I do use my credit card at a, at a gas pump, or when I have to use an ATM, you better believe I grab a hold of that thing and try to rip it off the rip it off the wall, and to see you know now that doesn't mean that it still couldn't be a skimmer, but at least right. I've taken that extra step to try to protect <clears throat> myself a little bit, and that's what I I guess we're we're talking about here is just um, take that extra step if if you feel that in your judgment that QR code is secure by all means because it's a great little invention, but if if there's even the shadow of a doubt in your mind. Uh, you may want to pass on it. That's what it comes down to. So, but but you were basically saying that app clips should never be used because they involve a QR code. So, no, oh no, no, I never no. said that. No, That's I never said it, that. I, I well, you, 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 be, you, you should go to the tape. You were like, ah, I don't know about this app clip thing. It, it uses a yeah, QR code. Yeah, QR code. Yes, I, I'm, I'm going to be have extra. I'm going to be extra cautious if there's a QR code involved. But that would be if I went to get you know a cup of coffee and a donut, 
if there's a QR code involved, I'm going to be just a little extra cautious about it. Brad in the chat room says ATM should have a photograph posted of what this of this is what the thing should look like. At a gas station, don't insert tap with your chip equipped card. Yeah, assuming that your gas station supports a chip a tap of a chip equipped card. Yeah, yeah. this is you know, and the thing is, you know, when I saw this talk, and this was a while ago about ATM skimmers, you don't realize this is a huge. It's mob controlled and mostly a Russian mob. It's billion dollar business. So their level of sophistication is, you know, way beyond like, you know, you can't tell, um, you know, even people that are employees of banks might not be able to tell necessarily. Yeah. This edition of Mac Voices is supported by our Patreon subscribers and Mac Voices After Dark. Ever wonder what happens before the Mac Voices live shows? Or what happens when the show ends or after the live feed closes? That's where Mac Voices After Dark comes in. If you are a Patreon supporter at any level, you get access to the video of our off-camera conversations. Uncensored, unedited, and always off the wall. It's a small thank you to our Patreon supporters who want to peek behind the curtain. Become a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash macvoices. And thanks to everyone who supports the show. Hey, there's one other I wanted to get to that we didn't uh, get to last week. Mark brought this to us, um, so I'm throwing it in the chats right now. And Mark, I'm going to let oh, you talk you, about this. You're throwing me, you're throwing me under the bus. Okay, I'm throwing you right was, under the bus because I, I thought this was. I can help you I mean, along, Mark. I like I'm in the radio, so Mac or Mac yeah, oriented, okay. but you know, AM radio. I mean, what happened to AM? Yeah, radio? I mean, at first I, I saw it is. You know, uh, Ed Markey, who's a senator in Massachusetts, senior senator, I think, to uh, his Native American wannabe counterpart. But uh, he's apparently written uh, letters, and I found them. They're online uh, through through the link, you know, out there, you know, to CEOs of a variety of car companies. And, you know, basically he goes through, you know, he's had excellent staff staff work. You know, they go through just – explaining, you know, all sorts of reasons why they think, you know, AM is is a valuable service and then says, well, please respond to us by this date in December on your plans on, do you plan to include, you know, AM or radio or not? And if you do plan to include it, you know, what are you doing to plan to mitigate interference in electrical vehicles? So um, at first, last week when I saw it, uh, the thing had just, story had just started to emerge. So I thought, okay, this is, you know, this is an old fart out of touch, uh, you know, senator. Um, <laughs> but uh, once, uh, but once, oh, but I'm being, I may be redundant there. But uh, once I looked into it, I mean, it makes a point. I, I think the, so he cited all sorts of stats, which I looked at at that point, And his citation of the things were bogus because uh, he says, oh, you know, Americans get their news from you know, AM radio. And, and you go and look at the survey that he, you know, points to in a footnote in his letter and it's basically it's a multiple choice question which of these things do you prefer do you use to get your news and yes and you know do it which of the things do you prefer and you know am radio was down at like six percent everything else was you know you know you know they had other web-based and other broadcast technologies so at that time without really looking at it i figure okay this is this is either a dumb you know, congressman, or this is somebody who's just uh, blindly overlooking the facts to try to you know grab you know grab things to support his case. 
Um, but, uh, you know, since then, since, you know, I've gotten the full letter and looking at it, I think he does make an interesting point that, you know, AM radio is the least common denominator. Uh, we all have it. And in times of, you know, crisis, if you're on a road and, you know, there's a fire, uh, you know, or a flood or something coming out, you know, his, his argument is, you know, maintain it just for public safety purposes. So um, I'm persuaded by that. Um, you know, I may listen time to time to, uh, you know, AM radio, you know, uh, but uh, it's certainly not my prime media, you know, you know, consumption. And it's sort of the media I listen to of last resort if, you know, any of my podcasts, oh, I don't open those things because I only have to drive five more minutes and you know, I don't want to start something that I, you know, get drawn into and, you know, can't listen to to a logical stopping point. So, um, yeah, that's sort of what it is. So I think really if I were to reframe it, you know, it's tossed back to the panel, it's, you know, you, you basically it's about thumb up, thumb down on, you know, maintaining uh, AM radio and our vehicles as, uh, you know, in the interest of uh, public safety. I, I've been I've been a follower of radio for a long time. I mean, I've been a radio junkie uh, into the local scene, knowing what's going on in the, in the broadcast world. Radio business in general is going down the dumpster. I mean, it's it's just it is just not a medium that is is going to be living anytime soon. Here, every time you turn, there's there 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 are new hosts, there's new 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 shows, there's new all this stuff. A lot of these a lot of these broadcast companies are trying to reinvent themselves. Um, AM radio has been dead for quite a long time. There are there are radio companies that have stations that are actually simulcasting both their signals on not, not only AM as also as well as FM. Um, so as well as their entire net and their entire network too. Entire network, right? Plus, plus yeah. you have plus you have broadcast companies that have apps that that can be easily be used uh, on your phone. You could you can have electrical you can have an electric car that that is easily going to have integration to that particular app. You can listen to any of that stuff all the time. HD radio is still around. I have, I have that in my car where you can go to a station. That if it's an AM station, the, 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 the companion FM HD channel is, is simulcasting on that, that channel. Now, granted, HD sometimes is not good in a lot of areas as you drive, but, you know, the, it, it's, it's really uh, – uh, it's hard to say if that it really affects it because a lot of times you have these alternate HD channels that you can listen to, but no one listens to it because they're, they're banished to the HD band. Um, so right. AM in itself, I mean, I understand that the interference is going to be a, a drastic problem, but just like anything with technology, things change. I mean, I think broadcasters are going to have to start evolving and looking at these signals and, you know, you know, Chicago where I live, there's a lot of, you know, they call them the 50 watt blow. 50,000 watt blowtorch for a reason because they're <laughs> big, big, big you know, stations like WGN and WBBM and a lot of those other big stations in the Chicago area, which I'm very familiar with, um, that, you know, these stations have started tearing down their transmitters. I mean, these stations had transmitters that were built out in the suburbs here for where I live. They took up 80 or 90 acres of land just to manage a transmitter site because for an AM radio station, do you think that they are maintaining that now? It was very lucrative to sell that, sell that land to developers because they can put those transmitters somewhere else. So, I mean, I, I just, just, I only bring that up because AM radio is, is, is a dying medium. And I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I mean, yeah, I think this is something that you got to think about because there are going to be still us old, old fogies out there that would still want to listen to, 
the AM stations, but it it just isn't it, it isn't the dominant force as it was, you know, in in its heyday in the fifties, sixties, seventies, you know, seventies especially. People were listening. You know, WLS was a big station in Chicago that everybody listened to and here as well. So I mean, I'm giving you some of the stations that were big. But those stations are getting no ratings at all. Nothing. I mean, they're just not. No one's listening to them anymore. So if it were if if they were to pull the plug tomorrow, you know, the FCC obviously has to has to has to take advantage of and take uh, the fact of looking at it and, and examining what they should do with that with that uh, uh, band. Uh, because look what they've done with with the, the FM signals, where they you know the VHF and the TVs and all that stuff that's been going on, well, where all these these cellular carriers are buying up all this all this uh, band, the the band of those uh, of those areas. So you know it's it, it's a part of life. Everything's evolving. So I, and my, my my final point of this is is AM radio is just it's dying, and I don't think this is a a big huge. I thing. I, yeah, I, I, I I agree, and I would just without getting too nerdy about this, you know. So maybe the AM band is maybe a megahertz, you know, in the spectrum from like maybe yeah. 480 to maybe 1500, 1540, you know. So there isn't a lot of capacity there even for just data communications, you know. So it's sort of like the old carrier band on phones where basically right. the signal you log into the base station and, uh, you know, you, you transmit back and forth what your phone ID device is. And, you know, that's all it is, you know, just a very low uh Low bandwidth uh, band, and uh, uh, oh, I agree with you because you know every time every time I'm tempted to touch an AM station, you know I end up uh, cussing and swearing because it's mostly <laughs> commercials, and, and commercials, <laughs> very little thing. content and 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 static. Yeah, I mean that's why you know if I want to listen to content, it's uh, it's something I take on my phone, you know, or I stream live down you know <laughs> over or over the uh, tele telecom network you know, to my phone. It's not. Yeah. It's not AM. It's not. Uh, yeah. You know. It's not really even FM. No. Eric, you you are an AM fan. Yeah, I like AM radio. Um, but I have to admit, I don't actually turn on a radio anymore because I just <laughs> use the radio app. <laughs> last time I have. <laughs> I like AM I can... radio. I just don't listen to it. <laughs> well, Am and I then I can listen. To, I can listen to it anywhere in the country. Not just yeah. when I'm within yeah, the, I used to the love area. To skip, um, and even just driving home, there are areas where all of a sudden it flips, and I'm listening to a station on the other side of the state because it's too right. close. And and if I listen to it in the radio app, it just streams. It's consistent the whole way. The sound is good. It sounds better than it did, you know, for years. Um, but you know, nine seventy AM. That was the the barn station we always listened to because yep. gave you the news, gave you recipes, gave you um, you know story of the day, chapter of the day uh, for um, you know stories and books, and you know it it was just really common. Yeah, these stations aren't doing. And them. how many you remember Paul gone. Harvey and the other side of the story? Oh, not the story. <laughs> oh sure, sure. <laughs> that was yep. classic AM. All right, here's my take on AM. Um, as a as an entertainment medium, its day has come and gone. Yes. And uh, and uh, frankly, I feel like FM radio as an entertainment medium has come and gone as well. There's a reason why we call these commercial uh, networks, because their job is to play commercials and break it up occasionally with some other type of content. Okay, now, 
AM specifically, <laughs> here's the value I see in AM right now. We still are living in a society where assuming that everyone has a smartphone available to them is uh, is a wrong assumption. We still need to have some form of of mass available uh, emergency notification system. And uh, and right. AM serves that purpose incredibly well. So my hot take, which will probably piss off some people, is go ahead and take AM uh, requirements out from the from the broadcaster licenses. I don't care; it doesn't matter. This should be a government uh, responsibility. The uh, federal government should be responsible for maintaining a nationwide AM radio network that can do broadcasts of all kinds of emergency content. And uh, and that way, it's just handled. We don't have to worry about, uh, are we forcing this on, on uh, specific broadcasters to maintain something for the government instead? Let our government do what it's supposed to do. Take this over. Make that nationwide frequency. Done. Oh, I agree with that. I mean, it's it. it so you're right, right now. Out. The only way I could listen to that would be to go into my car. Sure. <laughs> yes, for you, for and for a lot of people, that would be the only way they can listen to it. However, mm-hmm. they can listen to it. Right. I mean, I still go on the AM band in my car. I mean, a lot of people do still. I, what I find really intriguing about this, especially Eric's comments is he, he says he's an AM radio fan, but he doesn't listen to it on AM. So I kind of think he's a fan of the programming that was there, but not the delivery necessarily, the, the delivery medium. Because he just finished saying he can be driving across the state and he's listening to one program and he hits that that boundary and it shifts to something completely different. Yeah. So, you know, I think we're we're debating here the technology itself versus the programming. And unfortunately, the two, at least for AM, have pretty much become synonymous, as David said. I think they should require the content to be delivered via (laughs) (laughs) USB-C. On that note. Or a QR code. That's a good way to start that again, (laughs) Yeah, but I do want to give Mark for adding a new term to our lexicon. Um, His his media of, of last resort. I like that. A lot. <laughs> so, yeah. so when well, nothing else but, works, but, but again, you have nothing else. Uh, yeah, because uh, again, I, I I agree. Listeners, mark this down. I think Jeff and I we're agreeing for the for the first well, not the first time, but you know, I think we agree in principle that uh, you know the value of sort of the AM spectrum is uh, is public safety, and um, I agree with that. Yeah, and you know, I you know for. <laughs> For you know, twenty years in the storage, twenty-five years in storage industry, people keep talking about you know spinning drives and how they're not, you know, how they're going to get replaced by all sorts of other technology. And I say no. You know, storage drives are like cockroaches, or like AM radio. You know, just you know, they don't go away. The purpose, you know, the purpose keeps changing and migrating. So uh, um, that's that's where it is. Yeah, I think it's cheaper too. Um, hey, let's uh, let's go around the room, find out where everybody can be found, and then we will get out of here. 
Um, so I'm going to flip it around, start at the bottom of my screen anyway. Um, and of course, the screen has rearranged itself a dozen times because people keep coming and going. Um, so that puts uh, Mr. Andrew Orr up first. Andrew, thank you so much for being here. Um, what's the best place for people to connect with you? Yeah, good to be here. Um, you can find me writing at appleinsider.com. I'm writing about Apple and you know various topics, privacy, security, occasionally reviews. I'm doing a lot of those now. So yeah, it's been fun. Great. Thank you. The I've been seeing see your Andrew, byline huh? a lot. Yeah. What's yeah, that? The next time. Oh. Go ahead, Jim. I've been seeing your byline a lot. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, he's been busy. So the next time we see him, he'll have a QR code on his T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Click it at your at your uh, at your own peril. Brittany Smith, thank you for being here. Um, what's the best place for folks to connect with you? Thanks for having me, Chuck. Uh, you know, um, the best place to find me right now is the same as it has been for a little bit for tech things, which is probably going to be YouTube. My brain might be a little broken after some of that. Um, <laughs> I'm ADD Liberator on YouTube, and I've been publishing weekly videos on tech things. And not every single week is it tech, but many of them are. And yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, and Britt Brit was the uh, the featured guest here. I guess it's now been about a month ago. Um, where we talked about her video production, and it's pretty darn impressive. So if Aww. you aren't checking out her YouTube channel, you're missing out. So, <laughs> hey, thanks for being here. Mr. Mark Fuccio, good to see you. Um, where can folks find you? Uh, I'm still on Twitter. You know, it has not, uh, it's not gone away. It's like maybe five weeks now under uh, Elon Musk's uh, stewardship. You know, you can find me at Mark Fuccio, M-A-R-K-F-U-C-C-I-O, all one word. Great. Thank you, Mark. The man who still loves AM radio, Mr. Eric Bolden. Eric, thanks for being here. Uh, what's the best place or best way for folks to connect with you? Uh, this week um, at EA Bolden at techhub.social as I continue playing with uh, Mastodon. Hmm. Okay. Uh, so far. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Jim Ray. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Where, what's the best place for you, folks to you, connect with you? Uh, definitely a QR code. Um, <laughs> On <and> Twitter. <laughs> no. And it will, it will lead to ProView.com. P-R-O-V-U-E dot com. Excellent. Thank you, Jim. Good good to have you. Jeff Gamut, thank you for being here as always. Uh, what's the best place for folks to find you while you're trying to stay warm? Um, you can find me on K-Pants Radio 970 AM. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when, I, when I'm not uh, broadcasting, though, on uh, all the socials, Jay Gamut and... Um, um, and I will say the the, the social that is uh, actually the most engaging for me right now is Mastodon. So Mastodon.social for that one. Um, and uh, then how about some shows? Well, here on Tuesdays, then on uh, Thursdays, the big show. 
And then uh, Thursday evenings with Dave on on In Touch with iOS, Fridays on the Mac show, and then also on the Context Machine because Brian Chaffin and I have teamed up again. Great. Thank you, Jeff. Last but absolutely not least, we end up with where we started, Mr. David Ginsburg. David, where can folks find you? Uh, thanks for having me, Chuck. Uh, find me at In Touch with iOS at InTouchWithIOS.com. I'm on my YouTube channel, which is YouTube.com slash InTouchWithIOS. I am on the Mac show on the British Tech Network on Fridays and uh, here, of course, on Tuesdays. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at DaveG65 and In Touch with iOS and Macedon.cloud at DaveG65. Thanks for having me. Thank you, David. Folks, this is Mac Voices Live, Tuesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, whatever time that is, wherever you are. What is Mark doing? He's waving. He's waving? Are you waving goodbye, Mark? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. He's waving goodbye. Um, yeah, we do this uh, Tuesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, whatever time that is, wherever you are. With that, wow. um, we'll see you next time for the holiday party. And otherwise, thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at BackbeatMedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at Cashfly.com.